Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Today, we have a very special guest. I have joining me today, Dr. Casey Gibson. She's a family medicine physician down in Pensacola, Florida, and I'm going to have her introduce herself right now. Tell us a little bit about herself and what drew her into the medical profession originally. All right. Um, thanks for the introduction. Um, so yes, I'm Dr. Casey Gibson, uh, currently practicing here in Pensacola, Florida. And the reason I am in Pensacola, Florida is I grew up on the Gulf Coast. So born in New Orleans, spent the later part of my childhood in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. My husband's from Gulf Breeze, Florida. So we just kind of span the whole panhandle. Um, As far as medicine goes, I am one of those stories that I just really feel like I was born to be a physician Um, for as long as I can remember. That's all I've ever wanted to do. You can ask my parents, uh, three, four, I had my little Fisher Price doctor bag, uh, used to practice on whoever I could. Uh, I like to think that maybe I was a kind of like a natural uh, caretaker. But um, ultimately, also, I am a science nerd. I love science. And uh, I think that the way that the body works and how it all comes together is just really harmonious. And medicine just kind of allowed me to do that caretaking as well as really have that physiology and that science side. And so it just kind of all meshed for me. So my medicine or, or my path Uh, Growing up in Mississippi, we'll just say that I had some humble beginnings. Um, And so I did, uh, went to Ole Miss and then I did my medicine down in Fort Lauderdale, which was quite the culture shock for a Southern girl. Um, Finished up my four years there and was very gracious that I received an Air Force scholarship And the Air Force uh, helped train me. That's where I did my residency with military medicine. And I served active duty for seven years. And then I came to civilian practice, as I said, on the Gulf Coast. And I've been here since 2014. Thanks, Dr. Gibson, for that intro. Outstanding stuff. Really thankful for your service. And so happy to have you on the podcast today. So Before we jump into some of that clear communication with patients we want to talk about later, why don't you just tell me a little bit about what got you into coaching, physician coaching, and how your passion for that evolved and what kind of work you do there? I have always really been drawn to education. Uh, So I just keep it kind of generic in that form. I've always found that I loved to teach others, work with others, um, lead a team, uh, find protocols, efficiency, things to that um, matter. And when I was in residency, I definitely, we had medical students and, you know, just with the resident hierarchy, you become a teacher. And I actually started off medicine thinking I was going to be a surgeon. Uh, But what I found is that I loved education. I loved teaching my patients about prevention. And I think we all struggle today with clinic efficiency. 
And, you know, we have a now society. I want, I want to be seen now. I want it to be quick and I want to be out the door. And so I think as far as physicians go, if we can have any kind of nuggets, anything that this works for that person or that works for this group, passing that on really benefits us all. And so that kind of is what led me to coaching. So I really enjoyed educating my patients. Um, I love working with medical students, but I also like helping my colleagues uh, say, how, how do, how do I do things? What works for me, but maybe you can give me something too. And I can employ that in my practice. And that will help me because really at the end of the day, there is textbook medicine, but there's also the art of medicine. And, and we learn that art as we evolve and from learning these little, you know, tickets of information from all the different sources around us. Thank you, Dr. Gibson. And something that caught my ear just then was the education portion of what you said. I'm really curious about how you go about educating your patients and clear communication and and educating them. How do you do that? And, you know, how do you do that in a timely manner as well? Well, that's a loaded question, right? So (laughs) I think once when we talk about communication. So let's just first focus in on communication. That is so important. It's primal. That's how all relationships are built. You have to be a good communicator in order to convey messages, to be heard, um, and also to make sure that your patients understand. Because there, there's research that shows that when our patients understand what the disease is or what this medication that they're taking, that they're going to be more compliant. And a more compliant patient is a healthy patient. And so as far as my communication goes, honestly, I keep it simple. Uh, I think that's one of the most important things. You know, when I go to a mechanic, I have no idea what they're talking about underneath the hood. And so I hope that they would explain it in a manner that I would understand. And it's the same thing in my office. You know, if you're not a science nerd like I am or exposed to medicine, a lot of these words can seem very scary. And so I think breaking it down into clear, concise words, simple words, everyday words. Um, I use a lot of analogies in my um, clinic where I try to compare it to something. Uh, One of my examples may be, I always talk about blood pressure. And, you know, when we're driving our car around town, we wouldn't drive our car around town at five, six RPMs. That wouldn't make sense. Or we wouldn't go from two RPMs to five RPMs to two RPMs to five RPMs. And so I tell patients, I'm like, that the car will do it. The engine will work, but it'll probably burn out faster. And by keeping things in that simple language that patients understand, like I said before, they're going to end up being more compliant. Another thing that I have to you know, coach my own self on is speak more slowly. (laughs) Sometimes I get into an appointment and I just start talking and talking and talking. And I have to remember that not everybody's running on my speed either. You know, again, these, these sometimes can be very complex concepts. And so we have to self-check ourselves. Okay. 
I need to slow myself down. I need to soften my tone. I need to make sure that I'm not using doctor words, that I'm just using everyday people words. So the second part of that question, of course, is, well, how do I do that in 15 minutes? <laughs> and um, I think that is really something that you hone. Um, right now, I work with medical students, and of course, we're teaching them how, how do you interview a patient. So I'll send them off with a patient, and they'll come back an hour later. So where you'll have more of a seasoned physician, and they, they can, they can address, you know, three, four, five things in that 15 minutes. So I think one of the biggest keys is agenda setting. Uh, that's something that's really important to me um, in proper planning. So I, every day before I start my clinic, I show up 20 to 30 minutes early. I print out a schedule. I actually click on every patient on my schedule, look at my last note, or maybe the provider had sent them earlier. I see exert labs. I read their last discharge summary. Has there been a consult? And I just write my little notes on there. So that helps me when I'm in with the patient to try to be as efficient as possible, which all patients appreciate. Nobody wants a physician to walk in who has no idea what's going on and is thumbing through your chart while they're trying to talk to you. But it also helps me set the agenda. And that, I think, is a big key in staying efficient. Hey, Mrs. Smith, I see that you're here today for follow-up. Last time we changed this diabetes medicine, we tweaked this hypertension medicine, and I see that you had your mammogram. Look, your vital signs look great. Tell me what your average blood sugar was. And I've already put into motion the things that I want to talk about, and I want to follow up on this appointment. And I always circle back around and give my patients the opportunity was there anything else that you wanted to discuss today? And leave it with that open-ended question. That way they have the opportunity to feel heard as well. I appreciate that response. Yeah, it was a tough question. And I think you broke it down for us. So I know our listeners will appreciate your feedback on that. Quickly now, I want to know about compassion and empathy because those are so important. And I think a lot of what you said implies you're using a lot of compassion and empathy in your clear communication as you slow things down, as you use simple terms for complex concepts. So it's really difficult, um, probably much more difficult than just one podcast would warrant. But um, anything else you want to say about the importance of not sacrificing compassion and empathy in a busy practice environment? Absolutely. Um, I think this is something that all physicians encounter. Um, all of us struggle with it. So things that I would tell others to do, I always walk into a room. So even though I told you I agenda set, I don't usually start with that statement. So I usually start with an open-ended question. Hi, Mrs. So-and-so. Tell me about your health since the last time I saw you, or how can I help you today? While my patient is speaking, that's when I'm opening their note. And I try my best to type as my patient is speaking while keeping eye contact. Now, I understand that everybody can do that. <laughs> Again, that is much more of a learned skill, 
But what I'm allowing my patient to do is I'm allowing my patient to be heard. And people want to be able to feel like they can speak to their physician without being interrupted so they can get across everything that they need to say. And I think just doing that, just allowing that patient that one to two opening minutes of uninterrupted, hey, doc, this is what's going on with me today, or I have concerns about this. Really, again, I'm going to come back to that statement. It makes the patient feel heard. And I see a lot of patient frustration usually comes from, I don't feel like that doctor listened to me at all. They don't even care. Um, And again, just really giving somebody the opportunity to speak can really, you know, tear down a lot of those walls. So then, you know, when we go to another patient, let's say we have a patient who you walk into the room and, and they're angry. Again, just allowing them that time to, as I say, purge. Uh, that in itself can be very self-soothing for the patient. So I think as far as physicians, providers go, we all feel like we've got a ton of pressure. You know, we've got to stay on time. I got to get this task. My inbox is building up. This person's calling me. I've got another patient waiting in the next room. But really at the end of the day, when you just allow somebody to speak, it really is less than two to three minutes. It might feel a little bit longer, but it really doesn't take a lot of time. And so I think that's one way to just be compassionate. You know, little statements, keeping eye contact, keeping open body language, saying, wow, that must be really hard, or I can tell you're scared, or I mean, just these these empathetic words of being relatable, again, They're just simple things that you can filter into your appointment that can really close in on a patient feeling, wow, that doctor really cares. Of course, we always have naysayers and people that are skeptical. So do you have a response or or something that you would say to maybe a physician or a provider who said, hey, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Not that you're saying it's easy, but anyone who's skeptical of what you are saying or trying to poke holes in it, how would you defend that? Sure. Um, So I'm a big believer in insight. (laughs) So I would ask anybody who's skeptical, skeptical, excuse me, why don't you believe that? Why can't you do that? What are your barriers? So what, what, what do you feel is holding you back for being available to your patient? And I think, again, having that insight, just like I have a patient who tells me, well, doc, I just, I can't exercise. You know, I don't have the time. Well, we all have the time, but are we going to make the time? That's what it, you know, really comes down to. And, And that's what coaching comes down to, too, is, you know, we all have faults. We all have things that we can improve upon. The question isn't, I can't improve. The question is, do I want to improve? And really when you can change your mindset into, I want to be better. I want to try these things. Well, just like everything, I have two boys in soccer. They don't go out and make goals right off the bat. They have to practice. And these are all things that they have to practice on. And, you know, I know one of the things that, you know, we wanted to bring up is, 
something that I will teach my students that I think super simple that anybody could just incorporate is a tool called the bathe technique or the bathe tool. And it's background, affect, trouble, um, handle, and empathy. So again, simple five things, five questions. Well, why don't you tell me the background of what's going on? Well, how do you feel like that's affecting you? Okay. What do you think is troubling you the most? Do you feel like you're handling that? Okay. That must be really hard. And again, five questions, that's all it takes. And that can really make a patient feel again, they're really care about this problem that I have and they're walking with me through it and they're being relatable. And again, I think in our society and community, we really just want to, people just want to be relatable. They want to be heard. They want to feel like they're part of a community. And we just have very different relationships with our patients than our business colleagues do with their clients. And at the end of the day, medicine is a relationship. And with every relationship, you have to have some compromise. Okay. And that, and sometimes that's for me as a physician too. I say, you know, okay, well, I'll allow you to do this, but you got to do this for me. And we have to have good communication. I call them the two C's and, you know, I hold my patients accountable with that. You know, we all have those patients who come in with those demands and, I stop them in their tracks and I I tell them, we're not going to be able to do that because this isn't a one-sided relationship. We are in this together. So you're going to have to give me some things and I guarantee that I will follow through and give you some things. So as we work towards closing up here, can you share any stories um, on how this approach has actually changed an outcome? Absolutely. So not too long ago, we had a patient who came into the clinic and was extremely frustrated. So again, um, it was my last clinic of our last patient of the morning, which we all know how that one goes. And I'm trying to get to lunch. And unfortunately that morning I was teaching. And so I was running behind. So I was already walking into what I'll call a hostile patient So the patient, again, was demanding a particular type of medication, but the problem was, is this medication was not going to be the best way to treat this patient. And so again, the appointment started with a confrontation. And what I had to do again is stay objective, soften my voice, slow my speech, and talk about Hey, this is the disease process. This is how it works. These, this is how we treat this condition and the medications we use. The medication you're on is not wrong, but it's not the best long-term solution. With doing that, that patient's walls came down and that patient started crying, started um confiding in us about what really had been going on, we were able, and I say we, I had my medical student with me, we were able to use the bathe technique to, um, you know, as this patient was confiding in us, just make them feel that we cared, that we were uh, allowing her to be heard. Uh, We wanted to help her be her best self. 
And I will say, you know, for that occasion, I was not efficient. Um, it did take me a little bit longer than normal, but it was a very satisfying appointment because again, just by having that open communication, me not shutting down as we do a lot when somebody comes at us and somebody is confrontation, usually the first thing we want to do is shut down and we want to fight back. And I always have to tell myself that anytime I have a confrontational patient, it is almost 100% because they are scared and they don't understand medicine and they don't know what the answer is and they are scared. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we're scared, it manifests as anger. And so I just have to check myself and just be like, you are here to support your patients. And um, yes, and that's what we're all here for. And again, so if we just check ourselves at the door and remember why we're doing this job, then really we can really give our patients that compassionate, empathetic care that they're all craving. Really appreciate all that feedback. I just want to leave you with the final word. If there's anything else valuable you want to add to today's conversation before we close it out here, please feel free to let me know. I just really would advise everyone that when it comes to our patients and um, just having open communication, just be human. Really at the end of the day, that's all it takes. I, I get it. We're physicians, they're patients, but everybody has a role in life. And I just, you know, try to remember to be humble, be kind, open, flexible, know that I can always learn from people too. And really when you just are be a human with your patients, they will be very satisfied with their care. Everybody, you've been listening to Dr. Casey Gibson. She's a family medicine physician in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you again for joining us today, Dr. Gibson. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.